I get so pissed that I'm drawing blanks Words can't find the page to frame my rage So I fling this fury into a phrase Fuck banks and that bailout shit Till all those motherfuckers they suck my dick Balls deep, keep those eyes on me Yep, banks, snatch up that scheme Catch my load and check my feed Shit, no, sucking dicks ain't free But that, that's my hip-hop fantasy But that, that's the shit they do I see toss our coins into one pool Pull resources tight, alright, cool Shit, most of us, we went to school No profit margins in this mix Pull people's bank, we don't keep shit Just one rule, you only get what you put in Down to the cent, wait that won't work neither At least one pimp will step up like Caesar Grab all our cash with dope thick beaters Hell, might be me dodging them haters Back again like a Walmart greeter Except my eyes ain't glad to see ya Fuck banks, then bail out bleeders You bailed out Americans at home with a fever Welcome to the Truth to Power Podcast I'm Curious G On this episode, we're talking about And it all kind of came from the song Banks, one you probably won't hear on the radio too often. Um, I don't know if you've caught this in our conversation so far, but on this show, we tend to believe that censorship gets us to think the same. Here we self-censor, which means there's going to be some things that we're probably not going to talk about in our conversations you guys probably don't really want to hear about because we don't give a fuck about it. But we are going to... say things like motherfucker. Um, I'm hoping that the word motherfucker is not going to put you off from the topic and the discussion that takes place. Um, If the word motherfucker does put you off and you just can't hear the conversation that's surrounding those words, um, there's two buttons or dials, I think, on every device. You can turn us up. That's with the volume. Or you can turn us off. Click out of us, shut us down. That's your choice. But we're going to say motherfucker probably a few times. And we're going to talk about some things. Um, but song like Banks, that shit ain't going to play on the radio. <laughs> Not with the shit I say on there about Banks. Um, but that's okay. That song isn't for the radio. That song is for my audience. And I'm hoping that some of you guys will connect with the songs that I'm writing and like to have it yourself, you know, and be part of this conversation. Um, But if you mind me saying the word motherfucker or cum bucket, I don't know what I might actually say. My language is free to go wherever the fuck it wants to. Um, And we're just talking. That's the way I look at it. You're gonna have to forgive me, I'm a goddamn construction worker. And I came from a damaged background. Now, I'm a good dude today, goddammit, but I can't help but say, motherfucker. So, um, if you guys are with us, you are with us. And if you want to turn us off, that's your choice. I appreciate you taking this time so far. But, (laughs) if me saying motherfucker is a deal breaker, um you probably would be hugely disappointed. Uh, Yeah, so welcome to Banks. (laughs) Episode 6. This is your host, Anthony Carlton, and I'm also here with... Curious G. 
And today, Curious G is going to be extra curious. Be extra it, quiet is what we'll be. It could be. It could be. But who knows? We always respect each other's thoughts and opinions and everything in between. So our conversations like we have them. This week, we're talking about something that is near and dear to my heart. Shouldn't be, but it is <laughs> money, money, money. More, you know, if we're going to an exact point, we're going to be talking about banks. Banks. And this came about from one of your songs, right? Yeah. Basically, I was, I was, uh, I went to my bank. They had one teller. They had enough places to have like 10 tellers. Oh, absolutely. But they had one teller and there was like fucking 20 people in line. And I was just fucking pissed. And they, I mean, just like one thing after another. And I should mention this, that at the same time, they were really trying to take my mother's house after she passed. Okay. Like, <laughs> okay. like literally I, I sent them a check. They didn't cash it. They didn't tell me why they didn't cash it. And I'm like, why isn't this fucking money coming out of my account? Fucking send the next check the next month. They're not cashing that one either. What the fuck is going on? Now I'm wondering like, why are they not cashing the checks? I try to call. They wouldn't give me any information. It was just one thing after another. Well, they wouldn't cash it because it wasn't a check written in my mother's name. You know, that dead person. Yeah. She didn't write him a check. What's wrong with mom? Well, she happens to be slightly dead, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it'd be so kind of tough to, to write I, some checks. I eventually figure out that they need it to be in her name, but they wouldn't tell me any of this stuff. Like I had to get money orders in her name and send it. I mean, it was just a nightmare. And I feel like they were trying to take my mother's house. You know what I mean? Like if, yeah. if through little fucking things, like they just had to foreclose, you know what I mean? But here I was, I, I actually lost it. Not over that, right? I don't trip over... Um, the mountains, I trip over the molehills, the small stuff. And I was standing in line at the bank and I don't know why it just came across my head. <laughs> Fucking banks, fuck banks. I get so pissed that I'm drawing blanks. I didn't have anything to say. Like I yeah. didn't have many words. And then I wrote the song. <laughs> yeah, Fair so. enough. So I know we wanted to talk about banks. And one thing that we've, you know, we've kind of done in this series that we've been doing is you kind of just throw out ideas and I talk, but mm. I want you to know what in particular do you want? Oh, well, let me preface this. I did study finance in school. I had a job in finance. I haven't had a job in finance in a while, so I may be a little rusty, but I think, uh, I think I'll be okay. You think you got it? I, well, yeah. Oh, I have it all figured out. Absolutely. Who doesn't, right? So I see you're the expert here where I am not. I am more of the person that goes into banks and goes, what the fuck is going on here? So what do you, well, I guess, what are your, what do you want to know? What are your thoughts? Where, where are we going to go with this? Cause that's one thing I like about this is not knowing the direction we're going to go. Mm. Cause then it's a real conversation. So what are your thoughts? What are you thinking? I think, <laughs> I think that our politicians are working for these fucks. That's what I think. Okay. I think that everything that has money is being lobbied by someone who is running the political system of somehow. Yes. Uh, you know, banks have been around obviously since the beginning of time. Anytime that you could, you know, hold something, someone would hold it for you somehow, some way. You know, maybe it wasn't marginalized where you were actually talking about the the true nature of, you know, a dollar, but, you know, some person was their own bank. And then as someone realized that they had a particular way, they would say, well, I can hold this for you, but you just give me a little bit. 
Mm. You know, and that's kind of, I think, the essence of where banks were. I don't remember where the first bank was. I mean, I could look it up now, but so could anyone else out there. Because if you're actually listening and you're like me, you'll probably Google something right away to fact check. Because, um, you know, we don't fact check in this place. (laughs) We just roll. We roll with the punches. But the one thing that I know about banks is banks do two things. Banks definitely, you know, hold your money FDIC. So it's federally insured up to $250,000 to where if the bank folds, the government will still be able to pay you up to that amount of the money you have. That's why a lot of really wealthy people have their money just, you know, distributed through multiple banks because if it ever does, you know, fall, that's what, or they go to the Cayman Islands or the Bahamas and it's there with no taxes classic American way for the rich. They do that all the time. Loopholes, loopholes. But the second thing that they do is they give out loans. And that's where they make their real money because there's different types of loans, obviously. You know, we got mortgage, we got auto, we got life. You have boat, you have anything. Anything that you want to put any type of money in, the bank will gladly take it. Um, You know, even renter's insurance. I mean, even part of that, that's another aspect of the bank. They give out insurance on things. Now, when a bank, you know, a lot of people say like, how do banks fold or how do banks fall or how can, how can that even be possible if they have your own money? Well, that's the main thing is when they give out loans. And the best example is 2008, you know, the subprime mortgage loans. Um, so mm. those, those I'm glad actually, you're bringing this up because this is where I wanted to go. I figured it was because Ooh. it's the most recent Ooh. and it had to do with, you know, the housing and everything. So what they were giving out was something called CDOs. And those are collateralized debt obligations or credit defaults, which is as they called them in the big short. If you haven't watched it, it's a great movie. It explains I have it. watched that movie. Great movie. It, it, is, explain, it is good. It explains it well. Well, what they were doing is they were basically just giving out money to anybody at any time because interest rates were so low. Now, when interest rates are so low, that means there's more money readily available and more people can have it. Because as you noticed recently, interest rates are going up. People are buying less homes. People are buying less cars. People now don't have as much money in their houses anymore because if you have a loan that is, you know, written by the banks, as interest rates goes up, your interest rates still go up. Not all the time. There's obviously fixed, but if you have particulars, they will definitely go up. Now, one thing that's kind of crazy is it, you know, it's always, it's always defined by like an underlying asset. So, you know, you're able to say like, we have this amount of money and we can give you like this amount of money based on what your earnings were, what your past were, what everything in between was. Now, that is the most recent, like I said, example of how a bank has folded. And, you know, the classic government ways, you know, you fuck up, we'll bail you out. And it kind of, but when the people fuck up, we don't bail you out, you know, and these guys can just take risks on this. And, and as it and as it was happening, you know, it's basically everyone's livelihood, which is internal. There was never actually a time where, you know, the the housing market crashed. If I if I remember correctly, that was the first time the housing market actually crashed. It was one thing that was very stable in the United States because, you know, we've actually had projections of positive net gain throughout the country. You know, we don't produce anything, so we don't have any money, but we have the money. So, which is kind of a catch 22, which is weird, but you're able to just basically keep pumping into this until that classic, you know, Jenga that 
Ryan Gosling's character did. And it just kept reformulating the loans. And when you have the same institutions like the stock markets making how the rules are actually delegated, you can take those smaller loans. You know, they say like triple A, triple B, triple D, triple, and all the way to F loans. And Fs are just like shit loans. But if you keep combining them, you can basically have enough capital within those loans to give them out again. And that's what's really interesting about loans is it actually doesn't take a lot amount of, a large amount of money to make loans. If I remember correctly, to generate a million dollars of loans only takes a thousand dollars of upfront money, which is crazy. Do you know what that means? Does that make sense? It it it, it does make sense. Um, you know, I think if I was really into banking, I would be very interested in this conversation. Yeah, <laughs> but well, as far as America goes, mm-hmm. and like politics, uh, social things that affect all of us, this is more where 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 I'm thinking. And you mentioned the housing market thing. Okay, so there's a couple things that that stand out in my mind about the housing market crash. Prior to the housing market crash, the most popular households, according to the census was, you know, father, mother, kids. Mm-hmm. That's a household. That's what we think of when we think of a household. Yeah. The next census that came around after the housing market crash, we realized in America, it was the multi-generational household. Now you've got the grandparents living with the kids and the grandparents all on, you know, uh, grandchildren all under one house. Yes. What happened was, is people started to have less and work just as hard. Yeah. I think we've mentioned it on here before and I don't even know. I have, a, I have these conversations with a lot of people. So sometimes they get intermixed. I'm not Rain Man. So I don't right, remember. Right. Yeah, I know. I don't remember we have everything. a Koski coming, but yes, he's not he, here yet. And he is the Rain Man. He he's, is, our, he's our go-to he's statistician to life. He, well, and, you, you don't know him like I know him. Oh, I, no, I don't. But, but I mean, I've heard enough stories. To yeah. Know. We, we got a secret weapon. Yeah, Koski's yeah. coming. And that would be the dude. Um, that would be the dude. But yeah, he should have been here for this, but you yeah. know. Life, life okay. happens. So life happens. back before the housing market crash, there was. Do uh, you remember? Um, well, you were probably too young. They had something when I was young called Farm Aid, like Guns and Roses. They wrote that song "Civil War" for Farm Aid, and it came out before their albums. And that's neither here nor there. But this is the thing about, about Farm Aid, right? So my my ex wife's family were farmers in Canada. Canada was going through the same shit that we were going through. Um, all these farmers were given all this money. Here you go. Subsidies. Here you go. Yeah. Here you go. And the candy was on the table. And they took that big bag of fucking candy, dude. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, motherfuckers started losing their farms. Mm -hmm. You know? And those farms didn't come back. Oh, some of those people, like her family got to live on the property. You didn't have to move off. Jolly Green Giants moving in the fuck in, though. That's who you're working for now. And a lot of those family businesses never came back. Mm-hmm. Just like now those multi-generational households, now it isn't as common for people to live, you know, in just a family, you know? Yeah. Um, so we keep getting less, but we keep working just as hard. Yeah. Um, and you go back in history even farther, right? Women's lib, which I think needed to happen. But here's the thing. You had one person working in the household, father, usually back then, right? Mothers were staying at home, taking care of the family, the children. Now, when you do your taxes, the government looks at your household like it's a business, right? Mm -hmm. Since women's liberation, 
Um, you started having mother and father working and the economy adjusted to that. Now you need multiple people in the house working for most people. Yeah. Right. For sure. Um, you can't be a single dude and live on your own without a roommate most of the time. Or you have to have both people in the household working. Yeah. And then who is raising the kids? Well, we pay people to take care of our kids. You know, so after women's liberation happened, now we need multiple incomes to support a household. And this goes back to the transactional relationships that we talked about last week. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, you know, you look at what happened to marriage since then. You know, you look at what happened to, to children and, and all that since then. Some, some big things have changed, but people are working just as hard. You know, the farmers losing those small businesses, working just as hard, having less. The housing market crash working, and now COVID. Now COVID. How many small businesses went away and never come back since COVID? Yeah, well, that's, I'm um, you know, that has to do, it's 100% to do with lawmakers. I mean, we talked about this before, you know, minimum wage if it stayed, you know, in line with inflation should be $25 an hour. That should be the minimum in this country to be able to live on your own. And I mean, you've seen, I'm sure you've seen it floating around and everything. I think it's to live in a two bedroom apartment in where we are. It is about, you have to be able to make, two people have to be able to make $36 an hour to do that. And if you think about like $36 an hour is around 72,000 a year, if I'm right. I Let's see here. Yeah, about, about that. So, I mean, that's $140,000 for a household just to maintain. That's insane. Mm. You got to think when, you know, that's why sometimes when you hear all these, you know, baby boomers and whatnot talking about particulars, it's like, yeah, man, you were able to get a house for 25,000 when you were making 12,000 a year. It took you four years to pay that shit off. Yeah, of course it's going to be way easier. Now, you know, you, you're getting, you know, where we are too. I mean, I don't know if we've said where we are, if we should say where we are or do whatever we are, but we're in the Pacific Northwest and one of the most populated cities and one of the most expensive cities. I think you can understand where we are. That Seattle, shit is There baby. you go, baby. Let's Scar go, City. Yeah. Scar City. That's it, what I call 100%. scarcity. Scarcity. Dude, it's a hundred percent. And you know, the way, the way that all of this stuff plays out too. And we, you know, there's, there's no way for the poor to make it back, you know, and this is one thing that's been a theme in our, ours. And, you know, it's even as bad as, you know, the banks charging you for not having enough money in your account. That doesn't happen to anyone who's rich, you know, or even a bank saying you have to have a minimum amount of money. You know, you haven't moved money in the last four months so we can close your account. Well, guess what, man? I don't have any fucking money to put in my savings right now. So what, what do you want me to do? You know, and it's just, it's really, it's really just sad that the entity is just like, well, the corporatocracy is just ran by, you know, on the shoulders of the people. You know, when they always say that the, you know, the economy's booming still, it's booming. Yeah, but it's at the expense of your own people. Mm. You know, and you're supposed to be such a great nation. You know, we don't even have health care. This is something that's been going back forever. Oh, you know, Obamacare, but wasn't like it was fucking good. People are still having to pay $240, $500 a month to maintain a family when you're making $20 an hour. And if you're lucky- It's bullshit is what it is. It's bullshit. It's Dude, bullshit. I, so I work in, you know, I, I, I'm a headhunter. 
So I'm constantly looking at jobs for people, high-end individuals, executives, blah, 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 blah. But the one thing that I really start getting into is the minimum wage in other like other countries, other states. Like I, for some reason, I didn't even realize that the minimum wage in Idaho is still 725. Mm, lot of states. Lots of states. Lots South, of every, states. Yeah, so I'm starting to realize this more. And it's, you know, the bubble's real. I don't care how existential thinker you are, blah, blah, blah. If you're stationary in a place, that's your reality. That's what you have. Yeah, you get this distractions from the news and blah, 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 blah. But this is where you are. So this is what you think about. You know, when I'm thinking of rent prices here, I don't think about the prices in Idaho. Why would I? You know, I mean, obviously I do now more yeah, so when I'm trying yeah. to, when I'm trying to talk to companies and whatnot and bring in new business and, you know, $25 in Idaho, you're balling boy, $25 here, you're scraping boy. Yeah. And it's just, it's just crazy. It's crazy that, you know, a country that always talks about equality and everyone being equal, you know, it's not, you know, it's not, and not even just the fact that from state to state, it's just from so social class to social class. It creates not freedom. But slavery. But slavery. And, and here's the thing. Yep. To have to have liberty, you have to be able to choose. Mm-hmm. To be able to make choices in our political system, you have to be able to pay attention. And attacks. <laughs> and let's say you got out of high school because you've never worked anywhere, right? You're going to start at a minimum wage job most of the time. Unless you're going on to college, unless you have some connect, you know, most, most people. Exceptions to the, to the, you know, exceptions to the rule. I mean, most, most, people, most people in yeah. the country coming out of high school with no previous work history, this and that are going to start at a low paying job. And if you're in a place like Idaho, it's $7 and 25 cents or in fucking Mississippi or wherever else. Right now, here's the thing about this. You just went to school for 12 years you're making $7 and 25 cents an hour. You could work 40 hours a week, two jobs at that wage, 80 hours a week. And still you haven't broken above the poverty line. The poverty line. So we are creating a nation of people being put into poverty straight out of high school and they'll never get out. And not even just that, they, they have to rely on the government then. To do that, do you know, to get their basic needs met. So I just did a quick calculation and $7 and 50 cents an hour for a year. Do you know how much that is? How much you would make in a year? Uh, 20,000. $15,600. Yeah, I was close. I was close. close. Yeah, I was but close. Play, but if you're playing the prices right, bro, you out. I'm, I'm out. out. Yeah, I'm I don't, out. I'm out. Yeah. yeah. Hey, what's up, Darrington? You know, honestly, Price is right. I was always looking at the chicks. I oh, was well, terrible you, at the game. That's all right, though. Well, then, hey, but it worked. But the bully it was worked. in charge. You didn't see what was going on because, hey, she was holding up that sign nice. <laughs> you know, let me dance for this. Go ahead. Do see, that TikTok I, I, dance. I live with a bully. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, well, he's well, always he, telling he's me always shit. He's always telling you. But anyways, that's another story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Get, <laughs> getting mm-hmm. back to the Getting back to the minimum wage thing, right? Like, okay, so you, you take- somebody that's making $7.25. This is the value of our education in, here in America. And this is really what I want to get to the heart of is value, right? But you got somebody working two jobs full-time, $7.25. They still can't get out of poverty, right? They're playing Monopoly. You played Monopoly, right? Oh, yeah. Who's winning in Monopoly? One person, right? They become mm-hmm. the 1% mm-hmm. around that Monopoly board. I'm trying to build those hotels, boy. And what is everybody else doing? They're Pay, just paying the man. They're just going around 
as many times as they can, holding on as long as they can mm. until they can't pass go and they can't collect two hundred dollars because they're just. But you're but you're always going to collect two hundred dollars. But I need eight hundred. Yeah. But I need eight. Well, eventually you broke, right? Like oh, that's yeah. how you lose the game. That's how you lose the game. And and once there's 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 a term. Have you ever have you ever heard of vertical mobility? Vertical. I mean, are you talking about within? You know, financial or, mm-hmm. or yeah, yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. Can you explain that a little bit to us? Vertical, well, vertical mobility. mobility is the, the ability to basically, I mean, move up in your social status, your social structure. Um, and it's as, you know, the progression of the American dream. If you work hard enough, you'll continuously go up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, that's kind of in a nutshell, that's basically what it is. I mean, and we, we believe that if you work hard enough, you can move up, but that's not necessarily the truth. No. Um, when, when you, when you are in certain economic classes, you have more opportunities because you have more connections, mm-hmm. right? Like baby Bush became president, you know, <laughs> like there's a reason he became president. You know, if he was born in, in let's say my neighborhood with the connections that I had, I don't think that dude would have ascended to. His. Bro, he, I wouldn't even have been president of the Glee Club, bro. Oh, dude, we go with my yeah, that, I mean, <laughs> he kind of he, he's 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 almost. Can I say retarded on this show? I mean, well, I mean retarded in in the sense of the the medical term here, because retardation is used to be a description of intellect. Right, that was seventy or below. Now this is science. Don't hate me. Hate science, people. Right, but I would <laughs> I would put him in the in the retarded classification based on the things that he has said. You know, and and I don't think that he would have ascended to the point of being president if he didn't have dad. I think I think you're a hundred percent right. It's not even just dad, but also the financial backing of dad. Mm-hmm. You know, they, that's the one thing we're, we've talked about this with the the Senate seat in Georgia, how much was actually like, you know how much they, they did for the runoff? Like what was about the mm-hmm. $58 million is what the runoff was. So that wasn't even up to the campaign, you know, like the first two when they had like the three candidates didn't get enough. So then it was Herschel Walker and the guy who ended up winning, I don't even know his name, but I just know Herschel Walker cause I'm a sports guy, but $58 million that was used just to get elected, but it wasn't, you know, it's not for the 180,000, 190,000 for the Senate seat. It's what you can give to the people that gave you the money, your donors, your lobbyists, all that shit. That's what you're actually paying for, you know, and that's where people are giving these money. You know, we talk about this FTX shit where that kid, you know, made all this money and then lost all his money. He was giving money out to you know, Democrats, and they were okay turning an eye to this. If you go back and watch a lot of the news that happen and talk shows and all these things, there's so many hints constantly. And, you know, he was indicted. I believe he was indicted today for something. I don't, I don't know, but it was, it was just very interesting how so many individuals are just the focal point of bullshit to, we talked about this before, you know, it's just the curtain. Like what's really going on behind the curtain? Do you know today was supposed to be the day that we went to no more dollars? No. Yeah. I mean, it's, it was never talked about. No one ever talked about it. Coincidentally, we talked about it at work today. And there's this woman that I work with who is, I consider her woke, you know, like they're always talking this woke culture. Well, it's a person who's actually awake and reading what's going on. And I am someone who, I'm not saying that, you know, I'm super versed in everyday politics or everyday, you know, 
finances and the market used to be a lot more, but you know, my life, like always, my bubble has changed. You know, I'm just in a different one. I said, boop, and I just went over here. But she was telling me about this today and I go, wait, what are you talking about? And we had this full conversation and, you know, she, she's just a very, I consider her also a brilliant thinker. You know, she says particular things and I'm just kind of like, oh, wait, what? You know, I, I remember hearing it eight months ago that this was going to happen, but this was supposed to be the day that we went to no more dollar currencies. It was supposed to go to digital, mm. but it obviously didn't happen. I use some cash today. It's coming. But I mean, why, why wouldn't coming. it though? Because then it's cool. Another area of control. It's coming. You know, when you said something earlier that I really, I, I've, I've believed this a lo- for a long time. Like I would always say debt is the new slavery. Fucking A it is. Like any, anyone who doesn't think so, it's like, bro, what are you talking about? You can't move vertically. You're stuck. Like slaves could move. No, they couldn't move. Well, oh yeah, well, you know, you went to here to here. Bro, you, you moved two blocks. Red line district. You know what a red line area is? Well, I mean, I think about it in a sexual way. Mm, no, no. <laughs> this is a different thing. So a red line district was uh, lines that the banks had drawn up mapping out areas. Right. So this is the way that the terminology went. And it was discovered, I think, by a black man that was highly educated. And I think he was a lawyer or some shit like that. And he started looking into stuff and it was discovered that they had these red line like neighborhoods, districts or whatever you want to call it. They had different colors that were drawn around certain areas. Right. And this is actually the way that the terminology uh, was 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 talked about. Um, I forget the colors, but let's say, let's say the blue area was, um, kind of where the one percenters live. Okay. Right. I, I didn't know this. Yeah. This is interesting. Yeah. Um, and the, the, I, I think it was the blue area, but let's just say it is blue. Okay. That area had zero contamination. This was the terminology that they used. Well, what is contamination? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Contamination <laughs> was people of color. Oh, right. Sorry. People Sorry. of color, right? So you would have been a contamination. Well, I mean, well, I I am. Yes, you would have been a contamination. I would have been okay. No, my name it, is. Oh, I was about to say my last name. Never mind. I'm I'm not. I'm not. You did that on the first. Oh wait, episode. what am I talking about? It all. My, last name's my last name is Carlton. My last name is Carlton. You gave I'm everybody's name. Fine. You even told them my name, and I was trying to be a secret. Oh well, so was I. I thought about using a pseudo name, but then it just came out the first one, and I was in now. Ah, yeah. We're terrible, yeah. but but this is this is the thing. So they had zero contamination, and then there was another grouping of a place that had some contamination, and then there was like a moderate contamination, and then there was fully contaminated. Well, the red line areas were the fully contaminated. That was the wrong side of the tracks, by the way. You know how they always say, mm-hmm. "See, I'm from Daytona Beach, and literally, as soon as you cross the tracks, you're in the black neighborhood." Mm. Right. Literally all the way up and down through Volusia County, um, there is these railroad tracks. And if you lived on this side of the railroad tracks, you were over there by the river and the beaches and the, you know, the nice stuff. Mm. Right. But here's the thing about a red line district. Right. You're born into a red line district. You have worse jobs, more crime, less opportunity to find work. Right. Mm. Worse schools, worse doctors. It, 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 that falls, it affects so many different things. And with yeah. vertical mobility, you can't move out of that. Yeah. Right. We come here to America because we thought, oh, if you work hard enough, you can achieve wealth if that's what you want to do. 
right? But some people are working their fucking ass off mm -hmm. two jobs at $7.25 an hour and can't pay attention to our own politics in a we the people government. Yeah. Now, I might be a little bit concerned if Americans can't pay attention, vote, take a part in any of this stuff. Like we are a union, right, here in the United States of America. Well, what unites us? What unites us anymore? Uh -huh. uh, crickets. And yeah. Nothing. And, um, and here's the thing, right? Like, mm. okay. I, I, I feel like we could talk more about the red line district stuff and we probably will down the line. Yeah. But to go back to the day I stepped into that bank and there was one teller and all these people in line, you know what they want us to do now? They want us to handle our own stuff through an online app. Right. So I was on the phone with my bank when I had an issue, right? They said, we need you to hang up and call us back through the app. I said, excuse me? <laughs> they said, yes, we need you to hang up the phone. And you know how long it takes to get somebody on a fucking phone. Yeah. Right? So you're talking about, I, I, was, I was waiting for a little while. I got somebody on the phone. They said, we need you to hang up go into your mobile app and call us through that. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I do it because I needed to get some business done, yeah. right? And the reason why they wanted me to do this is because they wanted me to put in my, all my own information. You know what I mean? It's just like down at the bank where there used to be 20 places for tellers or 10 places for tellers and all of them are empty and there's only one teller and there's all these people in line. Oh, like the grocery store. Right? Right. Exactly where I was going with this. Dude, you are a fucking mind reader. Yeah, it's all going to be self-serve in the future. <laughs> We're going to be putting in our own information into a computer that doesn't give a fuck. That computer doesn't give a fuck about you. Oh, I'm sorry. You got no money. You'll have to go now. Right? It has no emotion, no feeling, no humanness. You know, idiocracy, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. that's the scene where you're going to Mondo Burger, and that lady goes, oh, come on, I had to feed my kids. Yeah. You know, where they just say, you don't have any money Computer right now. don't give a fuck. Nah, well, why would it? It's motionless. Yeah. Well, the person who made it, though, also is emotionless. That's the funny thing about those systems. Humanity they? is disappearing from our transactions. Mm. Bar. That's a bar right there. Mm. That's a bar. I got a couple. Humanity is is disappearing from our transactions. Um, you know what I want to do? My, I got a buddy at work, right? He always talks about when he goes to the grocery store and uh, he's like, if I don't pay for something and I just walk out, I'm not very good at my job when they put me in that self <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. Maybe I need to be retrained. <laughs> you know, but, but real, realistically, those are jobs that are not coming back. Those tellers and then this and that. And we will be putting in our own information and there's a lot of jobs that are not going to come back. But where do those people work? Where are they going to work? I mean, for the, for, for the corporatocracies at a small wage yeah. or none at all or, or for their basic or needs. at all. I mean, you're just basically getting your basic needs, mate. That's it. And you, it's just amazing how quickly dystopian fiction becomes reality. Mm. You know, there's all this, there was this show back in the day and I talked to a lot of people about it and they don't really remember it, but it was Dark Angel. It was on Fox with Jessica Alba. It's one of her first roles. I, I remember the show being out. 
I never watched it, although. <laughs> I mean, Jessica. What's, up, what's up, Jessica? <laughs> what's up, Jessica? Absolutely. But the whole thing was that was about, it wasn't, you know, about, ban- well, maybe it was. All I, who knows? I'm talking a lot of shit from 35 years ago, 34 years ago, and I was a child. But the one thing I remember is there was, everyone was always trying to go against the man because they didn't have anything. You know, Elysium, same exact idea with Matt Damon in it. You didn't have anything. 1984. Yeah, they're warning us. They're telling us. Well, They're saying, watch out, motherfuckers. Yeah, yeah well, that's what... I, I always tell this all day to people. Not all day, but I, every time this conversation comes up, I say things, you know, they they put it into your face because, it, because then it becomes normal in your head. Like, Eagle Eye... Um, dude, I just think about all these things about habit, like coincidences. Eagle Eye came out like four or five years before Snowden dropped everything. And Eagle Eye was just basically the central network watching everybody figuring everything out and even the government, oh no, we're not doing that. I believe it was Obama who said that. And then a couple of years later, boom. Oh, we have been listening to everything. We have been watching everything. Also, we talk about the Simpsons. They make hella jokes about it back in the day. I remember <clears throat> this was a, it was just a scene and it comes up on TikTok and everything and, you know, or Facebook or whatever you watch your videos on, but it's just a, this is the group. It's a group of all the corporate individuals. And they say, what, what uh, what natural disaster or what what can we put in the news today to basically blind the people? And, you know, we've talked about that before, but it's even, you know, like this, like we talk about this crypto guy, you know, he, he lost all this money and blah, blah, blah. So you think of it like, oh, it's embezzlement. Oh, he's the, he's the worst. Motherfucker, all I got to say is Nancy Pelosi. You know what I'm saying? Like she's doing this shit inside her training. Martha, like Martha Stewart goes to jail. And she, Nancy Pelosi, has a better track record than Warren Buffett. You know, it's just the fucking biggest fraud of all time. It's just so, and it's so disgusting because they're so powerful and they know you can't touch them. And then, and they have this arrogance about them because even when they fuck up, even if we fuck up, the people will bail us out. They need us. We have car companies that aren't even doing anything that European cars are like, you know, other cars such as like the Japanese are doing, but yet we'll still bail them out. So it's all about, you know, man. Are we really bailing them out? I mean, they're or, able to, I mean, I know we did, oh, oh, but I know we did. And the people that represent us bailed them out. Yeah. But do you think the average Americans would have made that choice? No, of course not. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't, mm. it, no, of course not. But we, how did they we, get that power to do that without our consent? Well, because we live in a democratic republic. Oh. We voted those people in. Oh, okay. That's why. Manufactured consent, perhaps? Absolutely. Hell yeah. Darn tootin'. What is manufactured consent? You ever heard that term? Uh, no, but I can read between the lines. Nam Chomsky wrote a book called Manufactured Consent. And he talked about how all of the media is guiding us to believe what is intended to be believed, yeah. right? Like, like I, it, there isn't an, uh, I think. <laughs> here we go, baby. Oh, here comes the crazy right out of the box. Okay. I think that one of the narratives that's being sold to people right now is lose faith in our voting system. I think it's being repeated over and over. Um, 
All like think about the last few elections, the things that have happened after the election, right? Storm in the Capitol. But what happened before that? I mean, we're so divided, right? Yeah. And I think that most people, I think a third of Americans aren't voting because they just have no faith in our system. You think it's a third or is it half? A third. Okay. You know that? Is I that... know that for a fact. Okay. At least that was the last last okay. thing. There was a, a third didn't vote at all. And maybe because they're working um, three jobs at $7.25 an hour and can't fucking oh, breathe. Maybe they were gerrymandered. Who knows? Maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe, maybe. <laughs> um, but, but I think that it, there is this narrative that like as split as we are in this country, like half the people vote Republican, half the people vote Democrat. And those are the only two choices you get. Right. But if you look at what's been happening in our voting system, like we haven't trusted the vote. For a long time. Well, yeah. Um, I, right? I mean, even right now, I mean, Trump's still, you know, Trump's still saying, you know, I, the, the election was stolen from me. Right. So and this is what just, scares me is yeah. this is a narrative that seems to be getting built and that people are going to buy into this shit, I think. I think people are going to be like, we got to do something. We got to make a change. And what scares me is the change that will come following that. Mm -hmm. Just like I said, um, you know, like after 9-11, Right. Uh, now, when we go through the security checks, some of those privileges have gone away and never come back. Patriot Act, USA. After USA. the housing market crash, multi-generational households are the most popular because the single family household, those aren't coming back as much. Bye. Those those family businesses of the farms, those aren't coming back. Bye. After COVID, those, I mean, it's just, it's inching, inching mm -hmm. farther and farther yeah. into control. And I think everything comes back to value. What do we value in this country? Is it the almighty dollar or is it each other? I think at the ground level, it's each other. You I, know? Don't, I don't know about that. Well, uh, I would, well, maybe I spoke mm. too prematurely, but I think, yeah. I mean, I think that we as Oh fuck, bro! I might, I might not. I don't know if I believe what I just said ten seconds ago. Okay, holy so shit! We, I just we came to this country. Holy Why? shit! We came to this country. Well, we came to this country. Um, Americans came to this country and started this country. Why? To get away from. I'm getting away from the king. Get away from the king. Oppression. I don't right? like that. Oppression. But here was the issue, right? Um, poor people that served the king really believed that that king was placed there by God, uh, right? Now, people were starting to lose faith in the church and all that. And it was things because like, you know, the priest up there speaking Latin, he didn't, he wasn't even educated enough to actually speak Latin. So he was faking it. And people were starting to catch on to that shit after books were printed, right? They started to like protest against the religions of the day, which became the Protestant religion, which is people that came over here, the Protestants, the protesters. Fuck you guys is what they said. And they came over here. But here was the thing. We had a king that kept us in line, the fear of God, right? Mm -hmm. I'll work six days a week and then go to church on Sunday where they tell me um, the poor will inherit heaven and the rich man won't. Don't be angry. Don't kill that motherfucker. Be humble. Be good, right? So I go back to work on Monday because I heard all that shit on Sunday and it just kept me working, right? I'm, I'm, in, I'm in fear that if I don't serve the king, God will get me, right? So we come here and we don't have a king. What are we afraid of now? What was going to keep people in line if it wasn't fear? Oh, you can be king of your castle if you just work hard enough. So now there's no fear of 
God getting me or the king getting me. That doesn't keep me in line. Now it's greed. It's personal service. Hmm. I can serve myself, right? So that the idea, the American dream, yeah, it, it has brought us to a point of serving ourselves and we're ripping ourselves mm. the fuck apart. Okay. I I mm. like how you said that. Yeah. The greatest value we have as Americans is each other. Yes. That is a value, right? Those tellers that are leaving the bank, those were people, those were lives, right? Those those cashiers at the fucking grocery store that was doing that job, those were people, those were lives. You could look in their eyes, have a nice day, right? In the future, when we're just putting in all of our own information for every business that we have, insurance and banks and fucking doctors, and we're putting in our own information because they're saving money, not paying somebody to do that job, (laughs) and anybody that's lucky enough to be able to afford insurance and to be able to afford healthcare can put in their own information on the computers, and all the humanity is just going to disappear. And you know what? Interesting. Yes, yes. Interesting. So what what keeps us in line today? You know, it's it's that I desire to be king of my castle. How many kings we got of castles? I mean, now we're a multi-generational household. Who's the king of the castle? Divided, division, separation, enslavement. Interesting. Well, I try to be interesting. Well, no, I wasn't talking about you. Oh. No, I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is, that's... Crazy to think about. It is. Yeah. I, you know, I, I think I would, why I said what I said was because I wanted to, you know, I want, that's what I would like it to be. You know, like we've spoken about, like I, you know, there, we, we've talked about the Bible a little bit and, Mm. but love thy brother. That's like one of the good things I think in it, you know, we talk about, but it's, Mm. you know, some of the people you don't see. You're not my brother. There's churches on every corner, right? Yeah, well, we don't I mean that's just but I'm talking more so. I can't feel the love. I can't feel the love. I know. We we know how you feel, Sean. We know I'm how just you feel. Saying. We know how you feel. Yeah. And I am very, you know, very I'm a, I'm a big fan of all the religions, mm-hmm. but pieces of them. Like I I think all of them have good you know, I'm who I am. I believe what I believe in and I don't give a fuck about what you believe in. <laughs> so it's all good because I say, you do what you do, boo-boo. You do what you do. Believe in what you believe in. Just let me do what I do and what I believe in. That's how I look at it. So in a sense, I love you. So, <clears throat> but it's just really, you know, there are some some good things, but that's why I said what I said, because I, I'm a true essence of, you know, treating treating everyone equally. Like I try, I try as much as I can, you know, and I try to help, you know, disfortunates or underprivileged or anything in that aspect. And- you know, the one thing I I really like about, you know, p- particular things and even like Buddhism, when they say like more people and they need, some people need a little more love than others. And, you know, and that's what I kind of think about even with, you, you know, the way it should be is some people should get a little, you know, a tax break here and there. You know, there's, there's certain things where I'm just like, you know what, if you make a, bu- a below 50K, you, you probably shouldn't even have to pay taxes. You're barely holding on. You know, well, maybe not 50K because that's the national average, quote unquote, 55K now. But if you're a single mother, you know, making 40 grand, you shouldn't have to pay any taxes, you know? And I just think that's one thing that's getting skewed is when just like the, just like the top down bank, the top down everything, the top down stock, when you are the ones in control of it, you control everything because we are based on money. 
That's what we are at the end of the day. Capitalism. Everything, everything is based on money. We're all playing Monopoly. Yeah. And the one thing that is just so nuts is that at any moment, the Fed can change something. Like when you can control the circulation of money and interest rates, you control everything. Mm-hmm. Everything. And some people will say, you know, that's why JFK was shot. I mean, we can go into that, you know, because he went away from the gold standard. So, I mean, there's probably other reasons on top of that or whatnot, but, but it's just kind of amazing that, you know, the people that are writing the laws are the ones benefiting from it. What a coincidence. You know, when the most banking laws was written, it was uh, after the housing market crash. I was going to say, that's exactly what I was going to say. I was going to guess, I was going to say 2010. Is what that's what that would have during been my baby, guess off the during, top. It was actually during Baby Bush's second term. Okay. Um, yeah, there was a lot of people paying attention to a lot of stuff, but not that. Mm. We weren't paying attention to that. Um, and the thing that scares me about the banks is is not 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 the necessarily the service that they provide that's connected to to um, money, but all the things that they get involved in that really isn't connected to money. Um, the increasing expansion of banks into non-banking activities is is kind of the concern there. It seems like they have just more power than the people that represent give us. Me, give me an example of one. Labor. Okay, the, the newest thing, marijuana. Well, yeah, you can't put money in there. Safe. It, uh, what is it called? The the safe law. I don't even know what it's called. But yeah, yeah it's a, a safe law or something like that. Like they're they're okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. So that there's was a good some, example. There's some uh, states that have legal weed. Some states that don't. But does does all business take place just in one state? No, it crosses lines and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, this is getting into. Uh, you know, the lives of businesses and things like that, right? Like, let's say here in the state of Washington, um, you own a dispensary, right? Well, you're going to deal with cash. Why are you going to deal with cash? Because it's king, baby. No, no, no. no. I'm just, to avoid, <laughs> to, to, to avoid, avoid some yeah. of these fucking laws yeah, that are yeah, being yeah. written. Absolutely. Right. Let's say you're a business owner and you own a weed spot. You're only dealing with cash, so you don't have to fuck with the banks and the laws and all this and that. But what does that expose you to when you're dealing with only cash? Crime. Getting robbed, baby. Blah, blah, blah. Getting robbed, boy. It's easy to take cash. You know, that shit's easy to Go take. Go ahead, track that motherfucker. Right? So you are opening yourself up to um, acts of violence, right? Yeah. Because of the banking laws. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that, that trickle down into our everyday lives that, that start with the decisions that, that are made. Like, who sets the goddamn minimum wage? The lawmakers, man. Is it? Who else does? It's not, this isn't supply and demand. Well, yes, it is in a sense. But yeah, it's the people that are just saying, keep this down, bro. Like, don't, don't raise this shit. Because then we can get more production out of you, mm. the people. You know, there's a reason why we send every product overseas to be made. It's cheaper. It's cheap, cheap, cheap labor. People always, you know, my favorite thing of all time is people complaining about capitalism on their fucking phone. <laughs> it's the biggest hypocrisy in the fucking world, dog. 
Cause I'm just saying, oh yeah, but let's not talk about, you know, the five kids that had to die getting those lithium batteries for your Tesla, bro. But you know, I'm pro, I'm, you know, I'm pro this, I'm Democrat, I'm this, or, you know, even anti the other way. I'm a Republican, I'm pro gun, blah, 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 blah. Yo, bro, you don't ever think about what had to go into that to get those fucking products to live your comfortable life. It's not the best luxurious life in the world, but if you got hot water, you got a roof over your head, you can eat a couple meals a day, you're living better than a lot of people. And that's the one thing that gets skewed. And, and it's, but compared to how other people are eating, how other people are living, how other people are traveling, it ain't the same. You know, we, I mean, most people stay horizontal their whole life. And even people who move vertically, you're just moving from a two bedroom to a three bedroom, dog. You ain't really doing anything. You think you got anything to pass down to your kids? Nah, they're going to struggle too. It's that generational shit, bro, like you're talking about, and not in a good way. It's just because I always say there's a difference between being rich and being wealthy. Mm. You know, wealth gets passed down. Yeah. Rich, maybe one or two generations. Let's, let's use the baby Bush family. There you go. Where do they make their money? Well, uh, if I remember correctly, they were, no, they weren't oil. Aha. Uh-huh. They were oil. Okay. But before that, what they, were they? Slavers. Oh, I was I'm, say, I couldn't help. I got, I was like, dude, I just, was just I, saying, dude, sometimes, yeah, sometimes, That's a funny saying. Oh, They're slavers. slavers. <laughs> yeah, they were slavers. Uh, I think it was 11 different slave ships, um, that the, the Walker family, which was the Bush family at one point in time, um, 11 different slave ships or think over a period of 10 or 11 years back and forth. And you're talking about investing into this, bringing slaves here. We I talk, mean, we're, this so we're talking where, like plantation time. Oh yeah. Okay. This was where they made their money. This is where they made their money. They created generational wealth. And if you look at that all of sense. the presidents that had in their family history, generational wealth, it's close to like 75%. Okay. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And if, I'm sure if you look into Congress and Senate and all this, and this is the the vertical mobility that we're talking about, is there's opportunities that are placed in front of these people because of the wealth that they have. But you know, when you're born into that red line district, what opportunities are you going to have to yeah. move out of that red line district? None, because you're working fucking two or three jobs. None. You can't pay attention None. to what's going on in American politics. None. You're hanging on to that fucking monopoly board. Have you ever watched The Wire? Well, I watched an episode. Okay, you should go back and rewatch it, man. It's on the list. Okay, well, I know. I suggest everyone watches that show at least one time in their life. I'm probably going to have to watch Peaking Blinders one more time. I've that's only another, watched it three times all the way through. That's not bad. That's Ooh, not bad. But I'm telling you right shit. now, everyone should watch The Wire because they do such a good job of explaining, I mean, what you're saying, red line. It's just such a good job. And it also has to do with, you know, the school districts, corrupt police, has to do also with banks, congressmen, politicians, blah, blah, blah. It's just, it's a beautiful show in my top five of all time. And I haven't watched it, so I'm going to take my own advice. And, you know, HBO Max is going away. So Dude, I'm, I got it. I got it right here at the house. Oh, well, then you go. Start it tonight. Watch episode <laughs> one again. What's up, dog? Shout out to the so homie, Magnolia. We are... We, we probably have been out of time for a few minutes. I don't even know what time it is. Yeah. Oh, we, it's been a we're good... actually going long. Um, you know, I, 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 I don't, I don't know if it's rele- relevant right now, mm-hmm. 
So on this episode, I dropped the song Banks, right? But I just want to kind of kind of say something from that song because it ties in, right? When you get a bank loan, you're making a bet. You're making a bet that you can pay that motherfucker off. And the bank, I think sometimes, is making a bet that you won't in those 30 years because things happen. Yeah. In 30 years that people don't see coming. COVID, housing market crash, weird things like that. You know what I mean? Weird things like that. As long as you put half down, homie, you can get almost anything you want. Remember that 30-year bet we made? Well, all that, all that just changed. The field of play, but not those stains. Ink draws, here come them chains. Mm. Why do I play if they always win? Because business deals and trade. Mm. And I, I need in. I want a deal in that man-made shade. Made just like a cage. One way in, that's to pay. Or get a sign like a mobile grave. <laughs> get, a, get yourself a clever phrase. Greatest economy built from trap. For tip-top profits, whips bet on black. Mm. They got that slave wage, invisible jack, that credit, wedded, 30-year track, off rhythm, ah, then comes that smack. Market crash, one more whack. Liberty Bell, it cracks like backs, and when we is broke, them banks attack. That's the bet. They are betting that you're not going to be able to fucking pay it off, or at least a portion of people. Why? Why? Because that's all they need to do to keep it going, dog. Because eventually, if you don't do it, your kids gonna do it. Their kids gonna do it. Their kids are gonna do it. While their kids are running it. While their kids are running it. While their kids are running it. It's just a lifelong thing, man. It's like housing a- market crash. They made a lot of money. Yeah. And we bailed them out. Yeah. That's what it is, man. Big business can always. It's too big to fail. Nah, bro. You just letting it. You just letting it. I think I fucked up some of my own lyrics there. That's I got so right, excited. Though. I know you threw you, your glasses, bro. I did, dude. You're getting wild, up this dude. Place. I, you know, I'm I'm just pissed. I hope other people are pissed. You know who I want for president? I want Florida Evans. Who? <laughs> do you ever do you ever watch that show Good Times? Oh, <laughs> Florida Evans. Well, I mean, it's not it's not streaming every day. I mean, she isn't a real person. I get that, but that motherfucker, dude, she was happy. And her husband was on the first episode, the pilot episode, they bought champagne and they were going to celebrate because he was getting a good union job that was going to pay him like $4.25 an Mm -hmm. hour. And that was a celebration, $4.25 an hour. And she's raising three kids and they all ate. I mean, JJ was skinny as fuck. He was dynamite though. Oh. But think about those kids on that show. Oh. Yeah. One of them was an artist. One of them was an activist. I mean, they were educated, even though they were poor. They were happy. They were grateful. They held together. They did all these wonderful. So I, I want to find a Florida Evans to run this fucking country the way she ran that household. Give me a Florida Evans. I'll vote for her. I don't want to vote for no more baby Bushes or, or Trumpsters or Bidens or none of the motherfuckers. Kanye 2024. <laughs> we here, man. Maybe we'll talk about that next week. All right. <laughs> This, this whole series that we're doing is going to look at value from a lot of different angles. Next week, <laughs> it's going to seem like we're talking about something different because next week it's sex. Mm. But is sex power? 
Stay tuned to find out. Hmm. I'm Anthony Carlton. I'm Curious G. And this was the episode on banks. Truth to power. You're in the service business, you criminal fucks. Who you serve, you are us. Who you serve and which God you trust. Let's check that gold back cash now dust. Fuck banks, all y'all suck. If walks like a duck, it's a fucking duck. All right, so we're going to talk about banks. Our first track together. Yes, yes. What a fucking... What do you... Still one of my favorite... How do you feel about this song? Is it? Is it still one of your favorites, dude? It's still one of my favorite records, and it's still one of probably my favorite beats I've ever cooked up with, ever. Just the sample, the way your lyrics brought it all together, and that was the first record where I was like, hey, we might got something here, Sean. You know what I mean? We might have something here. You know what I mean? Mm. We might have Mm. something here. And I think it had to be that way. I think it had to. Hit, I think that first track that we did together had to hit for both of us. Yes. Uh, otherwise, we wouldn't have had our heart in it. And um, let me tell you, man, I had my heart in that song. Um, I'm glad that we re-recorded at Undercast and got the vocals a little bit better than the original. Yes. Um, me too. Because I wasn't really, I wasn't really able to fucking do this back then do you remember like how i ran out of breath on that fucking thing yeah that was over at uh at jeff's house at the time um the the breathing wasn't great you you were still like figuring out like deliveries and tones and everything at that time but by the time you got to undercast many many months later it was just like wow nailed it nailed Mm. it Mm. Yeah. So uh, this is still one of my favorite all-time tracks too and this is one of the ones that I would like to do live. But you know, it's one of those songs like I don't know if it's ever going to go anywhere. Like I feel like the hatred is going to come down right. on this song particularly. Right, right. Like I think I think this is one of those that that are going to get shut down at some point. Um and it, this this is the kind of track this and Jungle was the ones that made me nervous to be honest with you. In fact, I even talk about it in Jungle, which we'll get to in a couple of weeks. But, you know, I, I started to record some of these songs and I thought to myself, holy shit, I might get shot. <laughs> You're speaking way too much truth on this one. So how does the, uh, how did the second verse start on this one? How do you come in on that again? You criminal fucks. Um, service industry, you criminal fucks. No, no, fucks. no. That's, that's, that's the hook. The, the hook starts off, uh, you're in the service business, you criminal fucks. fucks. Who you serve, you oh, or us. Who you serve and which gods you trust. Bet you check that gold back cash now dust. Fuck banks. All y'all suck. Walks like a duck it's a to fucking, fucking duck. duck. Now, <laughs> Fuck I, banks. I wanted yes. to ask you because I never uh, really knew, like what inspired you to to write this record like you were like super it, it like you felt some type of way about the banking system on here it was very passionate like what inspired you well, was there like a moment where they like they fucked you over and you're like fuck this shit i want to fucking well fuck it well a- anthony and i talked about that on the podcast episode last night when we recorded yeah um but, uh, you know, to go into it a little bit more, it was actually something very small. It was just waiting in fucking line, dude. And I got fucking pissed. But they were already, like, trying to take my mother's house. You know, they were, like, doing everything they could to um, make sure I wouldn't get the house after she passed. At least that's what I felt and that's what it seemed. Because they were doing weird things, like not taking money. <laughs> what <laughs> bank doesn't take money? <laughs> yeah, <right? laughs> you know what I mean? 
But um, yeah, it was just it was just a pissed off thing. And then like one of the things that they they did at my bank is they they wanted you like I called them on the phone to talk to a, a bank. Mm-hmm. They they said okay, we're gonna need you to hang up the phone and call us back through the app. I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, just to get back to the same place that we're at now, I, I didn't see why. And then I did see why they wanted me to put in all my own information. I, I think that these banks, like they're going in a direction where they're going to want us to do the work, you know, fill out our own stuff and not deal with a human being. And it'll all be computers, you know? And if you're pissed off, what are you going to do? You're going to complain to a computer that doesn't give a fuck? <laughs> <laughs> And now I I completely understand like the uh, what what they say in that interview on that Office Space movie. What it what it is you'd say you actually do here? That's how I'd have been on the phone with those people. What do you actually do here? If I'm going to the such and such app and talking to the computer, what's the point of me being on the phone with you? Why do you work there? Sorry. <laughs> but you know one of the, one of the things about this song like. I wasn't sure I would be able to do any of this shit. And, um, you know, the beat that you came back with was just so fantastic. And we, we talked a little bit in the first episode about, you know, wanting to use, um, something that was about the banks from, from 1930 after the housing market crash. Mm -hmm. And we used the remake version of it by, uh, by the squirrel nut zippers and mix that into that. Um, but yeah, dude, I, it was one of those things that like, even though we were, we weren't doing something completely original on this one. Um, I kind of felt like, uh, that, that track captured the, the housing market, you know, not the housing market crash, but the, the stock market crash of 1929. So completely well. Oh, it definitely does. It gives me like when I first heard the sample, when you had sent it and we kind of went through like, Hey, how we should chop this and all this, it, that, that, the sounds of it, I could not have recreated myself. It gives me that Great Gatsby, Great Depression kind of feel, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? The Roaring Twenties and the the Depression of the Thirties or whatever. And it, it fits the topic of the banking system fucking people over like perfectly. You can hear it in the beginning of the song before any words are spoken, right, Sean? Like you could just get it. Yeah, takes you to that place. Um, yeah, no, it was a. Uh, it was really fucking fun to make, and you you took it home. It's a really good record. It's one of the the one of the many songs that randomly of yours that gets stuck in my head. Like even when I was like <clears throat> mixing the podcast earlier before we recorded our segment, um, <laughs> when I'm playing when I'm adding it into the podcast, I'm like I almost know every single word of that shit verbatim. You know what I mean? Like yeah, thanks. it's a good track, man. Fucking and thanks. it's funny because. Because the first thing I wrote is literally the first lyrics of that song. Like I, I was standing in line, I was like, "Banks, fuck banks." <laughs> yeah, I, I'm so pissed. I can't even think of any words right now. You know, and like, that so led to the I'm song. Drawing blanks. <laughs> That's it, dude. I yeah. couldn't even think of anything to write. I was that angry. I'm like, I can't fucking think of a word right now. You know, and it, it's it's rare that I'm speechless, right? I would like to frame the concept of our American economy kind of around the concept of the American stake. If I could put the economic system in terms of an all-American stake, I would say as Americans, we like to eat larger cuts of meat than other countries. (laughs) But size really has nothing to do with quality and taste. 
That's what we're really after, quality and taste. But let's say that the average price that the average people in America like to pay for a steak is somewhere between 20 and 30 bucks. Comfortable, like a thumb, with the right amount of pressure. Look, you can get a $9 steak at a strip club in Portland, but you didn't come inside because of the quality of meat. Well, I'm sorry, steak. No, I'm talking about a good, solid cut of steak. Truly, a $55 steak is really not that much different than a $30 steak. Maybe they warm the plate for the $55 cut, stick on some garlic butter, and don't rush you through your meal in an attempt to get you the fuck out, making room for people ready to spend another 30 bones on steak. Now, I would say that the $55 steak is basically middle class. The $25 steak is poor, while the $9 steak, served at the Waffle House by the burly woman with a thing on her face, a thing that could be a scab or possibly a tattoo that reads Eddie, where the ink ran together over the last 40 years of her life going around the block on the wrong side of town. But you really never really like to look too closely at any woman with a beard. So you just eat your steak. Well, that steak is po. I'm talking about po. Yes, and everyone eats po with ketchup. See, the difference between poor and po is the or sound. See, people who are poor still have the or sound intact. As in, I could eat a $9 steak or $9 Whoppers and get that big cream crazy, fucked-up, fat kind of feeling. Are you finding your place on the economic stake scale? Maybe you don't agree with where I put you. Maybe you think, who in the fuck would spend $55 on a steak? Or $75. Well, upper middle class, my ass. You can buy one of them at the stove. Or maybe the $55 steak people want to eat out but not look at the $9 steak people while they eat. Makes them sick. They want a $30 steak person to serve them a $55 steak. This is selective marketing. Now, if a steak is $75, people that think that they're upper middle class but aren't will just get the $45 salad and piss off never to return. And then they'll tell their $25 steak friends not to go there. Guess what? That is why the steak costs that much to keep away the poor. Where the honest, real honest to goodness, $55 steak person will enjoy a good meal once a week at his favorite middle class restaurant, watching the poor shuffle past the oversized window, making it taste just a little bit better. Looking up to see that person at the big table. They just ordered a $75 steak. And they tell themselves, one day, man, one day I will too eat like that. And I will be better than the $55 steak people. Okay, what about a properly aged vintage Cote de Bouffe from the year 2000? There are only 103 vintage beef ribs ranging from the years 1998 to 2009. It should be ordered blue 
We're bloody, so don't look like a tit when you order one. It's basically a rib steak. <laughs> However, when you pay the $3,200 for a cut like this, not only is it served by people that eat $75 steaks, but you get the name of it in French, which they tell you to make it sound important. And they will explain the process by which your cow is bred and butchered with their $75 steak nose in your ass. This is the 1% steak guy. Now, even Trump doesn't get a seat at the table. Sure, he works for the prick. Takes his order, serves it up bloody. <laughs> but this is real inequality. Now, Trump can afford to eat one, sure. But the guys at this table know a $9 steak when they see one waiting for his ketchup. Maybe I will never get to taste what it is like to swallow one of those without feeling a little bit sick. Sickened by the inequality it takes for me to have one on my table. But you know what? I may never get to have one, but I'm pretty sure that those guys don't know a thing about eating pussy. One thing poor people know for sure is the best things in life are free. At least while we're doing it. <laughs> I do like the steak example for economics. Because if you look at what they actually study when it comes to the way that people behave, the scientists have learned one thing about equality. One constant statistic is that people often think that they are doing much better financially than they really are. Most of us have an idea of where we are on the stake scale. And usually, we feel better off, according to the scientists, than reality actually is. And I would say these days, our economy is delusional. It doesn't seem to be connected with what's going on at all. Credit limits have given us a false sense of reality. But so has the value of the value of ourselves and what we think we own. But when it comes to buying a steak, if you are uncomfortable buying a $300 cut of meat and don't eat in places that don't place the prices on the menu, if you need to know how much, <laughs> you can't afford it. And this place ain't for you. If I'm being honest, I really don't like to eat out much myself. Um, that's why I like to go to the grocery store and buy a nice cut and take it home and then eat a little pussy. But I only say that because this steak economic steak scale has given me some kind of sense of reality. Yes, the reality check is in the mail. I got mine. I know exactly what I can afford, but I can't. Well, that was our Banks episode. I hope that you enjoyed it. You've hung around this far, maybe just to see what the fuck is coming next. Well, to answer that question, we are about to introduce a song called Give It Up. Now, Give It Up is going to get up in your face personal with the talk of sex. But this type of sex, there's love in it. This type of sex, there's passion. This type of sex is between two partners 
that haven't seen each other for a while. And the state of things is when he gets home, she's going to give it up. And this song is not violent. This is something they both want. I think in our society, and this is a little preview into what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about sex and power and how they're connected and how we value these things. That's the conversation. Now, the song is going to talk about sex. A little bit of fucking. (laughs) But it's not a filthy song. This one actually could make it on the radio. But it's very vivid. And its words were intended for someone that I wanted to have my connection with. And uh, they felt the same way about me for many years. And um, this song was written with that person in mind. Um, And it's a special one for me because of the way I was able to word it. Hope you enjoy the song. And thanks for sticking around for this long ass episode. Clear my throat to straight up flex. Poetry breaks just like my sex. Intense set, what's under that dress? Can I ask, baby, love us, what's next? Bet. That vision, dreams select. Lights on, so I can frame that image correct. Camera click, memory, I can never forget. Yo, let's not lose that audio check. Your words move me to a deeper connect. For now, dress on, panties off. I like the tone of your throat so soft. Wrap words around every thought like notes that strike just the way you're on. Up for me, baby, nice and slow. To the backside view, pause and hold. Say, animals we are, we claw, we play. I feel you. Grow- 
respond to my push Animals like us, pleasure hooked Mixing spirit into flesh Moon dance, magnetic sex Give it up, it's time to connect You can feel this like you feel my sex Give it up, as much as real can get I'm ready for that work of a pay and sweat Give it up, baby, I'm collecting a debt Give it up, there's more of you to get More time with me and that's as good as it gets Yeah, baby love, that's as good as it gets Mm. Oh!